Welcome into America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula, a registered investment advisor. America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Thanks for joining us today here on America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates on News Radio 1370 WSPD and 92.9 FM. My name is Chris Swan, and I'm joined every week with uh, Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner. Slight asterisk to that. We'll get to that in just a second here. But here's how you reach out to the show, 419-909-3319. That's 419-909-3319. And online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. On today's show, uh, in our how-to segment, we're going to talk about how to work past the age of 65 and what you need to know about choosing the right health insurance between employer and Medicare. And do you know which parts of your nest egg you're going to have to pay taxes on? But first, let me check in. I mentioned uh, there was a slight asterisk to the intro this week. Uh, no one's not with us, but I do have Scott Kirshner, as always, and uh, Mr. Chaz Price with us. So, gentlemen, how are you doing this week? Great, great. And I want to welcome Chaz uh, to the show. Uh, unfortunately, Nolan had a uh, commitment that he had to attend. But uh, we're doing well here. Um, had a great Christmas. Spent as much time as we could with family on a limited basis. But yeah, we're doing well. Chaz, you have a good Christmas? Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. I appreciate being on the show today. Had a great Christmas. Uh, Santa came through. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a really good time. You know, obviously different this year. We didn't have as big of a turnout or as big of a family event as usually do, but everything went well. So good. Chris, how was your Christmas? It was good. Uh, I mentioned to you guys before the show. So I've got the one-two punch where uh, my son's birthday is actually the day after Christmas. So, oh boy. Um, so Christmas, we had the presents and, and a lot of wrapping paper and, and dinosaurs because he loves dinosaurs. Birthday was more <laughs> of the same, uh, except not, not as much Christmas tunes, which I, I have to be honest, I'm, I'm kind of grateful for at this point. But here we are, a couple days left in the year. And I want to talk about something on this week's show, uh, getting into the, the how-to segment, because we always talk about retiring early or this being the year that you want to retire. But there are the situations where people don't want to retire or for whatever reason they may need to work a little bit longer in the workforce. And so uh, I want to start off the show by talking about those who want to or need to continue working past the age of 65 and, and what they need to do. Uh, and one of the options that comes up is at 65, they're Medicare eligible. So trying to decide between sticking with the employer's health insurance or moving over to Medicare or Medicare Advantage. Scott, I know this is in your wheelhouse. So what do people need to do to help them decide? Well, yeah, thank you, Chris, for that lead-in. It, it is in my wheelhouse. In fact, I was excited about this show because, um, you know, what we're seeing today is a lot more people are actually working past 65. Uh, and that could be a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously, people are living longer. Uh, they're living healthier lives past 65. And for whatever reasons, whether it's, you know, they haven't been able to retire because of their nest egg isn't built up to where they feel comfortable with it yet or uh, they just enjoy their job and, and that happens as well you know some people just enjoy working and, and want to work past that 65 but there's a lot of things that you really have to be prepared for especially with your health benefits if you're contemplating working past 65 some things you need to really be prepared for and that is do i choose my employer sponsored plan or do i drop that plan opt out so to speak and sign up for medicare what I want to do today is kind of go over some of the, the pros and cons of each. For the record, if you've already filed for Social Security, you will automatically be enrolled in Medicare Part A and Part B. Oh. You do have the option, though, to opt out of Part B, even though you're enrolled in Social Security. So that would 
you know, that's something that you need to be prepared for. Most people um, that are working past 65, if your employer has 20 or more employees, then your employer plan could be primary. That's very important because if your employer plan is primary, then you don't necessarily need to sign up for Part B. Okay, that's, that's very important to understand. If you have fewer than 20 employees, then your employer plan will be secondary. If you don't sign up for Medicare Part B and you have less than 20 employees at your office, then you could be subject to penalties because your employer plan at that point is secondary, Medicare is primary. So you are obligated to actually sign up for Part B hmm. and um, to avoid penalties. One thing that we do here at America's Medicare Associates is I go over the different options. You know, it really comes down to this. If your employer is offering you coverage, then what you want to do is you want to see what is the cost that your employer is going to uh, offer uh, the plan to you for. So a lot of employers are going to pay maybe a 50 to 75% for the employee, maybe nothing or 50% for spouses and dependents. And if that's the case, then what you want to do is you want to weigh the cost of your out-of-pocket expense through your employer and then weigh the cost of what it's going to be for signing up for Medicare. For example, in 2021, Medicare Part B for the entry level with uh, incomes under $174,000, you are looking at $148.50 for Part B. If you purchase a supplemental policy, you could be looking anywhere between $115 to $130 a month. And then a prescription plan could be right around $16 a month. So you're looking at somewhere between $280 and $300 for Medicare. And your out-of-pocket expenses are very, very low, $203 for Part B. Okay, so if your employer is offering full coverage at 100% paid by the employer, then you obviously you would not want to sign up for Medicare. But if your employer is paying, say, 75% and you have a $3,000 deductible, then your out-of-pocket expenses could be more than Medicare. Now, another key to really pay attention to is Medicare's Part B and D. Those could cost a lot more money for those that are working and making more than 175000 for a family. If you've got someone making two fifty dollars to $400,000 or $500,000 a year, Part B premiums could be in excess of $450. Okay. So, you know, that's something else you, you need to really take a look at and, and think about. The other thing, and we talked about this last week on our show, was setting up that account to prepare for your out-of-pocket expenses during retirement. Remember on our, our show last week, we talked about what is that magic number for uh, retirement nest egg? What do you need to have? And um, one of the things that I mentioned was to create a 401k or a um, uh, HSA account and earmark that money for medical expenses in retirement. Well, one thing that you may not be aware of is 
If you sign up for Medicare Part A and B past 65 and you continue to work, you can no longer contribute to an HSA account. So that's something important to remember. You know, um, there again, there's really no disadvantage to signing up for Part A. Typically, Part A is going to be free. Disadvantage to signing up for Part A would be you lose that option of contributing to an HSA. HSAs are, they're a tax-free contribution to uh, a fund that will allow you to pay for your medical expenses and even your uh, Part B premiums, your Part D as in David premiums, and your Medicare supplement if you so choose to uh, go go in that route. So the other thing to think about, if your spouse is younger than you, you are the primary carrier of the health insurance through your employer, you retire, what are you going to do with your spouse? Now, that's, that's, kind question, of a, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of a loaded <laughs> question, <important>. too. <laughs> you know, when are you going to spouse? Well, you know, there's some, no, you, um, if your employer will offer coverage for your spouse until she ages into uh, Medicare, that's one option. You also have the COBRA option. Uh, and typically, a lot of people say, well, COBRA is so expensive. You know, COBRA is the same plan that you had prior to uh, retirement. The difference is you are paying all of the premium now versus your employer paying whatever portion they paid. The other option that you have for your spouse would be in uh, the marketplace and sign up for a under 65 health plan. Now, those could be very costly. Those come with a lot of higher out-of-pocket expenses than you may have with your employer, but that is also an option. Uh, I had a couple of clients that I've worked with uh, over the past couple of weeks, and the husband retired, the spouse was a couple of years younger, and we did that very thing. We went out on healthcare.gov, signed them up for a, um, a marketplace plan and gonna cover that gap, so to speak. Another option is if they're close to turning 65, I've had this happen twice as well, where I've got a couple of people turning 65 in July, their employer coverage ends uh, January 31st. So what we're doing is we're writing them a short-term plan just to get that catastrophic uh, coverage from the 1st of February to the 1st of July when they're eligible for Medicare. There are a lot of options. The one thing that I would say, you want to do the numbers, do the math. You know, I know, uh, Chris, you've said that a couple of times, and doing the math is is always important. Really, it comes down to what is the best cost and benefit option for you and your family. One of the things I do is I'll actually put on uh, on paper and you know, do like a spreadsheet type thing, and I'll go through what is the cost to stay in your employer plan with your maximum out-of-pocket exposure. And then I'll go, what is the cost to opt out of that? Go on to Medicare and your maximum exposure that way. So, you know, I, I love doing this. I, I It's a passion of mine. And I really think that, um, uh, you know, if you want to work past 65, amen, have at it. But just know your options for for health insurance because that will definitely play into the equation. 
it's important to weigh all the pros and cons. And, and again, numbers have never really been my forte, but uh, this is something that Scott is passionate about, and, and he does it very well, I dare say. So if you plan on working past 65 or you want to weigh all the pros and cons, you know, again, taking into consideration your spouse, uh, a myriad of different factors. I want to touch on something really quick, Scott. You, you mentioned that uh, there could be penalties assessed as far as your employer and having 20 or more employees and, and it being secondary. What type of penalties are, are we talking about here? Well, you have the late enrollment penalties. You could have a 1% penalty for the number of months you should have signed up that you didn't. And then there's also late enrollment penalties for Part D. So if you have less than 20 employees, Medicare is going to be primary, and you choose to not sign up, those are definitely issues that you could be um, in store for. You know, Chris, you brought up a great point. I know we're, uh, we're up against a break here, but I want to mention real quick, the other thing with prescription plans, if your employer offers group health insurance, it's very important that their prescription plan meets the credible coverage criteria set forth by Medicare. To find out more information about that, I'd be happy to uh, you know, talk with anybody and explain that information to them. All it takes to get started is picking up the phone, giving a call, 419-909-3319. You can also go online, uh, americasretirementheadquarters.com or americasmedicareassociates.com. Um, set up a time to speak with Scott, to speak with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters. And you heard him mention, uh, you know, last week's show. If you've missed previous editions of the show, uh, great news. America's Retirement Headquarters is available via podcast on Apple, Spotify, whatever uh, podcast medium you're, you're most comfortable with. You can just check it out. Just look for America's Retirement Headquarters there in the search bar. MarketWatch says that financial advisors assume people already know that they're going to owe taxes on the money they would draw from their traditional 401k. But I can tell you from firsthand experience, guys, that a lot of people don't actually know that. So if you're listening right now and this is uh, the first time you're hearing about it, surprise. But uh, is, is that something you guys usually cover with your clients? Yeah, absolutely, Chris. I think taxes are a, a vital part of any investment strategy and making sure that they understand what the implications are of all those years of saving. And um, so, Scott, as you know, there's waves of people turning 65 every year, which just means that millions and millions of people have those same questions about moving, how do they move from accumulating assets to now starting to tap into them? And then, so whenever you tap into your investments, that's when the taxes apply. Uh, so part of our job, and like I said, a, a good part of our job is helping clients understand what's the most tax efficient way to really tap into these assets because not only does it minimize their tax bill at the end of the year, but it also helps to uh, make sure that those savings last as long as possible. Uh, so, so one of the, the things that we typically focus on are, you know, if you have taxable accounts or tax deferred or tax free, there are really three categories of tax status that you can have. So if generally speaking, if you've enjoyed a tax deduction each year, by contributing to your IRA or your 401k. So it means every dollar that you've saved in that 401k has been tax deferred. You didn't pay tax on it up front, so you're, you know, when you take money out, you're going to pay tax on it on every single dollar. So that's important. And those taxes that you take out or or the withdrawals that you take from your IRA and your 401k, those are taxed at your ordinary income bracket, which could be as high as 35%, depending on what tax bracket you're in, that's just federal. When you add in state and local taxes, you're pushing 40%. And, 
And though, by the way, the FICA taxes that you paid along the way, that's another 7.5% that you've paid in tax. So taxes are really a big deal, as you said, Chris. Chaz, would that be like um, if I have an investment account and I have a Section 125 where they deduct from my, my check on a pre-tax basis, that, that means I'm putting money aside, not paying taxes on it when it's put into my 401k. Correct. But then I'm paying tax when I access that money in retirement. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. When you set aside funds while you're working, you get the upfront advantage right now. So you get an immediate deduction from your taxable income, which some would say that if you're in the highest earnings years, then it would probably make sense for you to take the tax deduction, you know, when you're when you're making the most sure. money. If, however, you expect to be in a lower tax bracket when you retire, you know, then it would make sense to defer paying taxes and, and uh, you know, take monies out when you're retired so that you, you're in a lower bracket at that time. So we typically would say, just like when you, when you diversify your investments, meaning you have not all your eggs in one basket, mm-hmm. you also don't want to have all of your tax eggs in one basket, if you will. Sure. You can actually diversify your tax situation, which means you have some taxable accounts. So your taxable accounts would be your brokerage accounts, accounts that you know maybe you set up with your brokerage firm that didn't have anything to do with an IRA or a 401k. It was just excess money that you had saved over the years, and maybe you wanted to buy some individual stocks. So in that case, those investments are taxed at capital gains rates, which right now can be potentially zero, up to 15 to 20%. So you can see the advantage of having capital gains or having some money in a taxable account because you're in control of when you pay taxes. So once you've exhausted all of your taxable accounts, you know, you, you've matched up investments in that account that had capital gains and, and some with losses, and ultimately, you know, we've, we've really done a good job of minimizing our overall tax bill with what we had mm-hmm. in taxable accounts. Then conventional wisdom would say you'd move on to your tax-deferred accounts. So that's where the majority of our retiree savings are typically concentrated 401ks are tax deferred, IRAs, those sort of investments, 403bs if you're a public employee, uh, 403bs, 457 thrift plans, things like that. So you want to, and one thing to to kind of caveat this discussion with is when you're 59 and a half, that's when you're allowed to start accessing these accounts without penalty. If you take out of a retirement account prior to 59 and a half, you got a penalty. 10% 10% is typically what you'll pay. Geez, so I've only got like the half. I got yeah. the 59, so I'm, I'm waiting for the half. You're almost there. <laughs> and then the next deadline is at 72 currently. It was previously 70 and a half, but now it's 72. So when you turn 72, the IRS mandates that you start taking the money out. They want their money back. They want their taxes. Those are the RMDs, right? The RMDs, Which correct. The R stands for required, meaning even if you don't need the money, Uncle Sam surely does. So again, that's why they are required. Exactly. You know, conventional wisdom, again, would say postpone paying taxes as long as you can. At 72, you have to start taking out 59 and a half. You're good to go. Your, your money is accessible without any penalty. You know, some people would say have all of your tax deferred money spent by the time you turn 72. 
so that when you hit that required age, you don't have to take out, you don't have any money in the uh, tax deferred status. So there's no tax associated with it at 72. And then the third account that you want to access would be your Roth accounts. Your Roth accounts are, in my opinion, kind of like gold. I mean, it's it's a tax-free investment. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there really isn't anything better. As long as you're 59 and a half and you've had that account open for five years, when you withdraw funds from your Roth IRA, you don't pay any income tax. So that's one advantage. The other advantage is that they're a great estate planning vehicle. So these investments also would pass to your beneficiaries tax-free. Now, there is a required minimum distribution that they have to take out of it, your beneficiaries, but uh, there are no ta- taxes that apply at that at that point. So, so that would be like kind of like the HSAs that we were talking about. They're they're a a tax free tool. Uh, you get a hundred percent deduction right off the uh, right off the bottom line of your income, and then used for medically approved benefits. It's tax free dollars. Yeah. The HSAs are kind of like the unicorn of investments. Sure. I mean, in in most cases, you get one or the other. Either you get in a tax-deferred investment, you get right. an upfront tax advantage like you talked about where your contribution to those accounts will immediately reduce your adjusted gross income. Whereas with the Roth IRA, if you elect to forgo that upfront tax benefit mm-hmm. and you elect to have tax-free growth and earnings over time, that's still a great advantage. And many would say it's probably superior than a tax deferred investment because we're in a low, one of the lowest tax mm-hmm. uh, environments that we've ever been in. Sure. And you're in control. You know, we don't know what Congress is going to do. A lot of people expect taxes to be maybe one of the number one agenda items for President elect Biden. You never know. So at sure. least if you're in a position of, of control where I'm not going to pay taxes, a lot of people prefer that. But the HSA is unique. You get both. Sure. And it's one of the only investments that you can actually do that. You get an immediate tax deduction by putting the money in, which you can put a nice chunk in. Mm-hmm. Uh, 65, uh, seven, uh, Actually, if they're over 55 years old, they get a $1,000 catch up. So you could technically put in 9200 bucks in a year yeah. for a husband and wife. Wow. Right. You put $9,200 in and you get an immediate deduction, and then also all the earnings and growth are tax-free. And in my opinion, I don't think you can have enough money in the HSA. I understand you, you're going to pay about two hundred fifty dollars to $300,000 for a couple in healthcare expenses sure. alone in retirement. So, yeah, the HSA is definitely a tool you want to have in your tool belt for retirement. There are a lot of tools that uh, you can use in, in your retirement tool belt. Uh, it doesn't need to be necessarily just one tool, one one catch-all, end-all, be-all. Uh, the saying goes, if all you have at your disposal is a hammer, the entire world is like a nail. That's not what it's about when it comes to retirement. It's finding that right blend, You know, having having money in, in the different buckets, in the tax-deferred, in the tax-free. Although I, I do have to ask, if taxes are almost certainly going to go up, I think most people out there do agree that taxes are going to go up at some point in the future with for a myriad of different reasons, the stimulus spending, just the national mm-hmm. debt, things like that. Uh, why wouldn't people just go ahead and convert all their money right now into into tax-free? That's a good question. And the answer that I would have for that, because we do get that question a lot. We had a client last week that wanted to take a third of his investment, almost $100,000, and convert that all at once. Well, there is still a tax, a, a cost associated with that. And it's really, in my opinion, an opportunity cost. 
So if I take and I convert, you know, a large lump sum of money, and yes, I do, you know, take the tax on the chin and I pay it all at once, maybe it's $22,000 or whatever the tax bill is. That $22,000 that is now in Uncle Sam's pocket, that money could have stayed in my account and earned interest over time. Oh. So okay. you really have to look and, and there's an opportunity, we call it in finance, time value of money. Every dollar has a time value of money. It's worth something into the future. In fact, it's worth more, you know, because it's going to grow. So what would that $22,000 over the next five or 10 years actually grow to? It really depends on what the, you know, the client's investment tolerance is and how well it was invested, but you have to consider that as well. So typically what we would say, especially right now, close to the end of the year, if you do want to make a big conversion of traditional assets to Roth, maybe look at splitting up half now and then January one, do the other half. And that was actually the strategy that we implemented. So it split the tax bill up over two years. Okay. That's an important distinction. Uh, Tax-free means tax-free in the future. There is still taxes that have to be paid right now. And if you were to convert all of it right now, it, it could be counterintuitive to what you're, you're trying to achieve. Correct. Yeah. Okay. You've deferred taxes all these years. In many cases, it doesn't make sense to go and just plunk a lump sum down <laughs> tax all at once again. There you it go. defeats the purpose. Don't cut off your nose to, to spite your face there you uh, go. in the future. Uh, you know, put together a proper tax strategy. And and like like Chaz said, there there are things that you could do now before the end of the year, you know, uh, not necessarily converting all of it, maybe doing it methodically over time, uh, still time before the year wraps up, although the days are, are ticking down here. Pick up the phone, give a call, schedule a time to speak with America's Retirement Headquarters and, and find that tax strategy for 2021, 2022, you know, all the way up to 2050, however long your retirement is going to be. 419-909-3319. And you can always find them online, schedule a time as well, available day and night, americasretirementheadquarters.com. We want to thank you once again for joining us here on America's Retirement Headquarters. My name is Chris Swan. As always, like I said, we genuinely do appreciate it. Make 2021 the year that you get serious about your retirement. Make that one of your resolutions. Uh, and guys, before we wrap up the show, I want to leave you with the final word. Well, thank you, Chris. And I want to thank Chaz for joining me today. Uh, make 2021 the best year ever. Uh, it's got to be better than 2020. And happy uh, new year and be safe to everybody out there. Thank you. Thank you, guys. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-909-3319 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.